0: Welcome to Midweek Matinee, a weekly movie podcast uh, brought to you by Nartech. if you want to learn more about that. Stick around for the end of the show. I am your host for this week's episode, as it is my turn to pick a movie, or it was my turn to pick a movie. Uh, I'm Brett Beck, and alongside me, as typically, not always, but typically, is Mr. Chris Figgs. What up, what up? And we have Mr. Blake over here. How's it going? I'm good, Blake. Um, Guys, we or I rather chose a movie that I knew very little about but it looked (laughs) interesting and it was by a director that I like so far Uh, so if you're listening to this we're going to assume that you have watched a 2014 release of Enemy uh, from Enema it's almost more fun for me to just make fun of his name Uh, but it's mainly because every time someone actually says his name they say Denu And I'm like, yeah, that feels weird. (laughs) That's the problem with it's it's (laughs) my uh, American, my English, American English coming and just being like, no. (laughs) (laughs) But first things first, as we always do with this show, is to try and just get a feel for where everybody was at with this movie. Um, And with this movie being, I would wager we all viewed this movie as very interesting by the end if nothing else so i'm gonna start i'm gonna keep my rotation here chris you apparently as you revealed right before we started recording had randomly seen the very end of this movie yes i had well before watching the full movie which only makes me imagine that at the time that you saw the end of this movie you were even more like what the fuck
1: yes and no um you know it was one of those things where like i didn't get jump scared you know but I don't know. I, I guess I really liked this movie. Uh, I watched it twice today. <laughs> so holy crap! Okay, yeah. I needed to under. I needed to make sure that my first viewing thoughts were correct and it was good enough where I was like, "Fuck it, I'll watch it again." So it's funny you say
0: that because of course I didn't have the luxury to do that. But as soon as it went off, I had about thirty-five minutes left, and I was like, "I really wish with the way this movie." is it's a lot to take in on a single viewing. I was like, you know, I really wish I had the time to just immediately start it over and just watch it again. <laughs> right. Okay, Blake, I know that you watched it yesterday, so you've had a little bit more time to kind of sit and linger on it than uh, both of us, I think. So, how did you feel about the movie?
2: It's one that I told Chris earlier like I wish I could have watched it again today because it's a confusing movie. It
0: is. It's it's a lot of uh it's a lot of metaphor and yeah you know s- symbology and interesting setup and odd payoff it's yeah it's a strange I'm,
2: movie it is it's a very strange movie especially for him like the director dene dene No, i think
0: you've actually watched <laughs> at this point because you've watched enemy uh you've watched of course prisoners you've yeah. watched arrival have and you sicario. watched sicario yeah so you've watched mm-hmm. more of his movies than i have actually um and I like all
2: of them. I like this movie too. And you consider this one to be very outside of the rest of his movies? I think so. At least from the ones we I've, I have watched, maybe some of his other ones are also very strange and weird. Yeah, I think when looking at this,
0: the thing that kind of got me right is uh, we've recently rewatched because you know I watched it originally. We've recently rewatched Prisoners, yeah, which came out before this um, originally, It's like 2013. So when Thinking and watching this movie, I was kind of thinking back to what we just watched with Prisoners and I was like, I see some of the same ideas and like, I shouldn't say ideas, but I I see the same thought processes and how things get put together and like little themes that they like to pull and ways they like to kind of add mystery to certain things. And I was like, I can definitely tell that even if I didn't know his name, I can tell in a lot of ways this is the same director. Mm -hmm. But Prisoners is a much more Approachable movie, and it's funny to say that when the main reason that that movie has any kind of bad scores on Rotten Tomatoes is because people said it was too bleak. Uh, <laughs> so, in many ways, I guess it's still not that approachable. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But see, this movie has got like a <clears throat> it has some of the same ideas, but less interweaved into something that feels grounded and it's it more leans into its almost dreamlike confusion so i definitely get prisoners vibes in here from like some of the more odd parts of prisoners like the snakes and the mazes and the way that these things kind of tie together but it's like this movie just goes so much deeper into all of its oddities
2: yeah yeah
0: so from there i guess the best way to go about talking about this movie is to discuss exactly what it is <laughs> so as we keep saying if you've not watched it go check it out unless you want to be spoiled and then watched it Spoilies. Uh, so we will be spoiling the movie <laughs> but um you know the basic <clears throat> premise is not something that i think is very unique. The the mo the basic idea of seeing two of a similar person or you know, even if you want to think of it as two of the same person, Mm -hmm, which we'll get into in a little bit. Tom
1: Hardy's back.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I think the way that they go about kind of using that device and taking it to build out a more interesting, a more interesting story within that and are in the way they choose to drip you that story. I didn't realize until I was done watching the movie, but I'm not surprised either that the movie is based uh, loosely based. It's not heavily, but loosely based off of a novel uh, mm-hmm. called the double, I think is what it said. Um. <clears throat> So I'm not surprised there, but I think one of the things that's always weird about moving from a novel or a book to a movie, even if you're thankfully in this case, loosely basing your idea off of it, is that books and movies are inherently very different media. Every media has something about them that makes them unique and what makes music unique and your ability to tell a story through music is a lot different than if you choose to tell a version of that same story in a different medium. A good example is like Coheed and Cambria. All their albums are stories, but then they often have either graphic novels that dive deeper, or a few times they've had full-on novelizations that the, uh, the singer and creator uh, works on. And it's interesting seeing an idea in two different ways, because a book, you have chapters to kind of expound on something and set things up. And you can set up something that in a song would only take you three minutes, you know, and you can cover everything. And instead you can really draw something out in an interesting way through a chapter. So I, every time I watch a movie like this, I almost want to go and read the book because I'm like, I wonder what he decided to pull from it and not to pull from it. But this movie does most of its reveals through nonverbal things. And I think that that's part of what makes it unsettling to watch is that it's almost more about picking up small details, sometimes in dialogue, but sometimes in the environment around that makes it a very discomforting movie and you it's like you feel like you have to be hyper locked on and i think that adds to the weirdness of it so chris i mean is there anything
1: you want to say about any of that yeah i don't know i do think that a lot of the stuff i looked for in my second watch was background stuff and i did find a lot of it that put my thoughts of the movie into perspective but specifically no i think i have more to say when we get into like the actual meat of the movie but i do agree with what you're saying
0: like you got anything to add to that and then we can kind of push on into the actual events of the movie because there's a lot to a lot to uncover there
2: no i pretty much agree with what you say kind of like chris like i don't know i if i i wish i had a second chance to watch it you know because yeah that background stuff is especially for me is mostly second and third watches for movies yeah Mm -hmm. no so I don't know. Well, like I didn't notice a whole lot of background stuff, I guess, or maybe once y'all mention some of it, I'll say, "Oh yeah, I did see that." You know, like I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah, yet.
0: I think a couple things will click as we start to talk, and I think Chris sure. will probably have an <clears throat> an upper hand on that. I tried to really be cognizant of it once I started to realize what the movie was doing, mm-hmm. and I had an inkling of where it was trying to go. I started being like, "Okay, I'm going to pay as much attention as I can to what's going on, but also try and keep almost like a." Idea of what's happening in the peripheral around everything. And right. I, I did catch a, a lot of things that kind of made me be like, oh, okay, I think I know where this is trying to put. And it's funny that even by the end of the movie, depending on what you did or didn't see or hear, I think you have a very different idea of what happens. But also, the end of this movie is so open for interpretation that even if you caught everything, I still, I'm, I'm almost curious if what me and Chris view and even you blake knowing what you did watch uh i'm almost curious as to what we think of the end and where our visions of what it could be are aligned or just drastically different Mm -hmm. so i guess from there we're okay to to move in to kind of the meat of the movie so yeah to set things up for everybody, and definitely you guys, as we've in the past always wanted to make sure we have a clear idea. One good thing about this movie is that there's a smaller cast of characters. Yeah. So we really only have four people. Only we genuinely need to remember two of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we only know need to know Mary yeah. and Adam, and then Anthony and Helen, and how those things interweave within each other. So four people. Yes. We know Adam. Is who we're first introduced to, and then Mary is his love interest. And then we are introduced later to Anthony, and we see Helen as his love interest Mm -hmm. as things start.
2: We're first introduced to Anthony, the actor, correct? Technically, Mm, yes. yes. Yeah, or at least, again, at least that's the thing that
0: gets me. We'll have Uh, this (laughs) guy. yeah it's, it, it we, we can kind of start there right i mean one of the big things about this movie is about being able to eventually subtly pick up on who you are watching and a lot of it and I, this is something i love about Hall in general and he actually does it even in prisoners he takes character traits that let you know and yeah, builds who. who this character is even in a movie where he's not playing two people, you see, like, Loki in Prisoners, and you're like, oh, he has physical tics and things that you notice about him, and it helps build yeah. that character. And then in this movie, even though we have two people that look exactly the same, they're drastically different in the way they carry themselves. I mean, like, you... The reason I personally think that Anthony is who we see at the beginning is because we see him put his hand in his palms and then move his fingers apart, and it's like that's the way that he deals with stress and then when we see stressful or even just the way he kind of rests himself but then when we see the same types of like opportunities from adam we see him sticking his hand in his pockets or lifting you know rubbing his hand through his hair yeah
2: we never see anthony do that well the biggest Mm -hmm. difference too is really the way they dress adam is way more messy like his yes. thigh is never tight around his neck, you know, the and all his clothes top. are loose, his clothes are loose, yeah, exactly, yeah, and the way he carries
0: himself, his shoulders droop with the clothes, yeah, yeah.
2: but like yeah. the guy at the beginning, I couldn't quite tell what he was wearing, but it looked to be like leather, kind of like what he was wearing later, sure, and um, his hair looked really nice, you know what I mean, like it didn't mm-hmm. look messy and disheveled or whatever,
0: yeah, yeah, and it, it's funny, we talk about it's like the two versions all of their physical characteristics kind of blend into what you'd expect from it like you know somebody who's more meek and kind of relegates themselves to a position like you know a, a routine like we see adam being, and we see his clothes are droopy and loose and he carries his shoulders loose and not up high, and he kind of has a slouch and his hair is downward and when we see anthony anthony keeps his clothes very tight and fit and trim to him he his shoulders are up as he should he's carrying himself with more confidence and then we see his hair is always up dude so it's like you have very different people
1: that kind of goes to i don't know if you mean to say this if you want but it goes to my where i kind of think about the characters is that they're exact opposites of each other yeah Yeah, yeah. is they're exact opposites of each other because they're the same person, and none of this movie is real.
0: Yeah, I'm still unsure on what I think is real in the movie, but I I think your I think your general idea of what's going on is that even if one of them is true, or I think what's what it is is that aspects of each one of them is true, but it's more like you're seeing two. uh, You're you're seeing this is going to get weird to get into. because I'm curious to where we line up and I think we're on a similar page here but Chris I'm going to go ahead and see the floor to you. You tell me why you feel the way you feel and then I want to hear Blake too.
1: So I think the only part of this movie that is real is the intro. I think the mom the movie opening with the mom's voicemail and the sex club. And I think the interesting part of the movie is that I think the beginning is a prologue and an epilogue and I think that the real person is Adam but and Anthony is his idealized version of him.
0: Okay. Okay. I could see where you're coming at with the idealized version. Uh, little- definitely when we first see Adam is like this uh, he keeps giving this speech yeah. about because no. he has different classes but this speech about history and how it's a it's a pattern. And yes. you see, he's saying, oh, it repeats itself. It repeats itself. Mm-hmm. And then you keep seeing his life, this dull version of Adam's life where it looks like every day he's just going home and repeating himself. Right. So I, I get you. Okay, Blake, where do you pull in on who's who and and where you think? I mean, do you agree with Chris, first of all, that you think that this is representative of a single person across two bodies?
2: Yes. So I think they are both real, but they are the same person. I think that Anthony is the actor, correct? Yeah. Yes. So I think Anthony had like some kind of fucking midlife crisis and like left his wife because I don't know. I just feel like whenever she saw the teacher, Adam, you know, she looked like upset. You know what I mean? And not in a sense that like, oh, wow, you do look just like my husband. That's weird. But like physically, like, Distressed, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is the phone call that she makes to Anthony, like right after Adam goes like back to his <laughs> classroom. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, and he doesn't he answer doesn't until he goes until out of control, frame. He turns the corner, exactly. Yeah. So I think that they're both real. Like I think that, but it's the same person. You know what I mean?
1: No, because okay, they can't so both be real, right?
2: Yeah, the wording <laughs> I think is what's getting you there. What's getting me there? Um, well, I think that it's one person. I think Anthony is the only technically real one. But I think he is also Adam separately and doesn't realize that he is two people. I think it's like a split personality thing. So you think
0: that Anthony is the primary and Adam is like the the broken off, bifurcated psyche? Yeah.
1: Yeah, see, I and think it's, okay the exact ahead, opposite. Yeah, I don't right. think that's right at all. <laughs> okay. And I think the movie shows you that multiple times. Well... So okay, can I I just
2: how I disagree.
1: I mean, the wife literally says how was school and then realizes that So, okay, my whole thing with this movie is I think if you look at the symbolism and the stuff that Adam talks about, he's talking about dictators holding people against their will and the sex club and control. And I think the thing is if you look at when the talent agency stopped seeing him six months ago when he got when his that's how far along his wife is so I think this whole thing started happening when his wife got pregnant because he's starting to feel trapped He's we know through context of this movie that Adam is cheating on her because or at
0: least has
1: right Well, yeah, yeah that, yes he's prone to adultery let's say and I think the whole thing is that Adam is the real one and he's splitting his... He's using the Anthony persona to cheat, basically. But I don't think anything that happens with Anthony happens in the movie. And I think you see that specifically when he's... I think this movie almost entirely takes place in the scene of him sitting in the chair. And Ooh. he snaps yeah, back okay. into reality.
2: So, but, what against your point, And maybe I'm wrong here, but... He talks to his wife, right? Anthony does after the phone call, and that's Mm -hmm. when she says, "Was it a girl or was it a man, like her husband or whatever?" But she also he says it was a fan of mine, like, and you know what I mean? So right, but he, but but that's the thing is, I think Adam teacher then she would why would he have a fan you know what i mean like teachers don't have fans. fan he was also trying to
1: act his mom yes. mentions it
0: yes that's see that's the big that's, point where it comes in yeah there's a very specific line when he's talking to his mother and and don't wrong this is the thing about like you mentioned this movie really warrants a second watch yeah uh, i think you'll pick up on a lot of things so it's cool that you'll be able to kind of go back and you may even on a because we're giving you some of these you may even pick up on more but uh, there's a direct line of dialogue from his mother when they're sitting there, and she mentioned a couple of things you know she says that you know I'm your only mother, you're my mm-hmm. only son, you've got a nice uh, you've got a good job, a nice apartment, and it's time a respectable that you, job. yeah, a respectable job that's what it is a respectable job, a nice apartment there's a lot of things that come out in that because and then the last thing that she says is you need to give up this dream of wanting to be an actor right so she rate, yeah. So yeah i don't mean to keep correcting. you i
1: just for me like some of the wording is very important you know it's so that's so why precise. i'm yeah
0: yeah and i think that the mother conversation was a big turning point for how i viewed the moment the movie mm-hmm. because i was like wait a minute let's back up for a second adam doesn't have a nice apartment as we right. see in this movie he's clearly not an actor so as you go through all this, you're like, oh, okay, you're starting to understand that this is a version that he's, even though he himself was an actor, he's, as, he, as he's, at least in my opinion, as he's fractured off this version of himself that he's made Anthony. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's necessarily an idealized version. I guess that you could use that because I think like Chris said, it's a f- it's a form of himself that is not restrained and not yeah. trapped like you mentioned he is when he's in this position right uh with his wife so when you're going through all this it's like he's putting that off and almost projecting that on this other part of his psyche that he's as a separate thing and the mother's conversation really brought all that to focus and then more mm-hmm. things started kind of excuse me coming to me and the fact that Adam's own mother is like well you like blueberries and he says he doesn't but Anthony does it's yep. almost like all the things that made Adam you know who he was he broke off into this he broke off all his meek and you know weird parts down to this little bear thing and then all of the other fun and exciting aspects of his life were happening through Anthony even though it was all him all along
1: so my thing is it's weird because of the way the movie sets it up but I think Adam is the one who feels trapped and that's why yes. he's disheveled, and that's why. But Anthony is the one allowed to do everything. That's why he's his hair is done well, his clothes, and is he drives good. a motorcycle. Exactly, he does. He yes. does all the cool shit, you know.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I may be wrong because, like I said, I missed some of that conversation with the mom. I guess you know maybe I was taking notes or something. Well, it, it goes by
0: honestly so quickly, and the movie almost doesn't even give a. You don't even see her saying it.
2: Yeah, it, right.
0: It's Literally, she's saying it to him while he's sitting there with his hand in his hair.
2: And sure.
1: straight up, the first time I watched it, I was like, "Oh, she saw him too." You know, I was like, "Oh, she watched this movie." Mm. Um, I don't remember what the movie is called, but
0: uh, where there's a will, there's a way.
1: Yes, I was like, "Oh, she watched this movie and saw him in the background." I was like, "You should just give that up." She saw Anthony, and then on the second watch, when I was picking up more of the stuff, it's like. Oh, that's just because they're the same person and he gave up when his wife got pregnant six months ago.
2: Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah.
0: But, I mean, Blake, you're not you're not wrong for being confused at all. That's the thing about this movie is that it really has so much stuff going on, but that's one of the strongest dialogue notes. Yeah. I mean, there are other ones, kind of like Chris mentioned, where when he's laying in bed with Helen, whenever we're seeing it as it's Adam being in what he doesn't view as his apartment. Mm-hmm. Um and she's laying there with him and she says, you know, how was school? Yeah.
2: Well, see, I mean, it's the you know, at first, you know, I was kind of like going back and forth between whether there are two people or one. Mm-hmm. And when she said that, I thought she was like playing a game, trying to trick him or see. Because I thought she had the feeling that that wasn't Anthony. Her right? husband. Because yeah. of the way he was acting. He was like, yeah. kind of, he, he didn't act like Anthony, right? So yeah, I right. thought she was thinking that that was him, like Adam. And she was trying to test, is this really my husband, you know? I didn't think anything. I didn't think she was literally asking like, hey, how was school, honey? I thought she was saying, hey, how was school?
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah I mean? the, the way it's framed definitely comes across as a way as it, it should be. It could be her trying to trip him up because yeah. she knows. But I mean, here's the thing. That's how I took it. That's why I think part of what Chris is saying is is honestly real in this back and forth of even, no matter who we're following, be it actually Anthony or actually Adam, you're not all of it actually happens is what i think is a big thing that comes across here Go ahead,
1: i can give my biggest piece of evidence for why it's adam adam has the ripped photo of him and his wife together at the very beginning yes yep. that's why the beginning of the movie is the epilogue and the beginning because the epilogue if you listen to the mom's voicemail of i don't know why you'd want to live like that thanks for you for showing me your new apartment yeah that's because he got divorced because he went back to the sex club at the end of the movie and was started cheating on his wife again which brings me back to the whole part of what i think this movie is and what the spiders are and all of this stuff
0: now i'm interested to see where you
1: think the spiders are the spiders the 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 spiders are women
0: okay i think that they are also a a symbol of femininity at the very minimum but hold on uh, blake i think you may have said something i didn't hear you i'm sorry
2: sorry i interrupted like an idiot I was just saying, I still don't understand the spiders at all. Like, that's the one part where, like, I don't even have a theory. Like, I don't know.
0: Well, before we break too much out into that, I think there's a couple of more things that I just think that you'll enjoy if you're kind of watching the movie and paying attention. That also I think really point towards the fact that they they have you know it's the movie does a lot to kind of introduce both of them and have them be in the same room, so you have that feeling of like what is going on? Why are they the same? Is there actually two people here? And I think it's really easy to follow that thread until the mom's line comes in, and then I think it very easily splits. And if you don't even pick that up, the end of the movie kind of makes it seem more like. I'm pretty sure they're one person but there's a lot of things that kind of muddy those waters in a number of ways but a couple of things I think that are just about the way the movie is structured is that the only time that we ever see Anthony and Adam together they're by themselves Mm -hmm. the only time uh, if you ever notice so like uh, Adam calls Anthony's house when he calls Anthony's house Anthony's not there the wife picks up so he talks to the wife Yep. when when later in the movie Anthony is at home with Helen and then gets the call he says he talked to the other guy but the wife was never able to hear that so yeah. you all you have all this stuff going on to where no one else is ever aware of the two of them together at the same time it's only them so that's I think one of the big clues the movie's giving you that they are just one and the same and how they're broken off um, another fun thing, like he mentioned is that at the beginning of the movie, if you're paying attention, whenever he's going and, um, t- looking up all the stuff about, um, Chris mentioned it when he's looking up, uh, the actor and he finds him and then he starts going through and finding and writing down the address while he's doing all that. He has a ripped picture of mm-hmm. himself and it's the picture him. he picks up in the frame at the end of the movie when he's standing in the living room. Once the wife goes to bed, exactly so there's a lot of very small details that come through and I do think like Chris mentioned timeline is really interesting to tie down and Chris actually kind of opened my eyes to something that we could be seeing this as a a form of of the that being a divorce scene and we're kind of almost watching things in an out of order events thing yeah now that's that brings up a lot of a lot of interesting questions but before we get to the spiders because sure. i think the spiders are the great mystery of the movie uh, and i think they're probably the most interesting thing to discuss of how you, what you think they are or if you can even pick up on anything of what you might think they may be uh, but before we get there yes there's a couple of things about the ending in particular so to set the scene up you know we have Anthony in the mirror acting out what he's going to say to Adam whenever he gets there and then sets up this whole thing where he gets to take Mary out on this romantic date and uh, takes her to the hotel room. And it's the hotel room we we saw them in earlier. So there's clearly a tie together there. And then we see Adam, this meek person that you wouldn't expect to do this kind of you get, you know, fed up and then looks like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go to his house. and and seemingly like his goal is to sleep with his wife his six-month pregnant wife (laughs) yeah yeah and then we get to this point where the anthony and mary the shouldn't be couple are having sex and then he is not even though he clearly has an opportunity and then we kind of see that flip suddenly anthony and mary are no longer having sex even though he came on to marry and then we have Helen coming on to a man that she's basically aware of as far as the movie lets us know, regardless of whether this is real or what, but she's coming on to someone who she recognizes. as not her husband.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that so she for, I got a new fetish pregnant bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I won't
0: go too far into it, but I have, I have a little bit of experience there guys. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so that was my original idea. It's like you're seeing all this go on, and I was kind of looking at this and thinking about that. Now, one thing before I go into what I think all of that might be, because I want to discuss specifically what Anthony's death means.
1: Uh-huh. But
0: before we get there, Chris, something that you've kind of potentially opened my eye to or at least given me a different perspective on sure. It's weird trying to think the, the actual scene through. She comes in. She's like, you know, I thought you were going to be at your mother's, blah, blah, blah. Didn't know you were going to be home. Come to bed. But whenever she actually comes in there because he's in the different clothes as mm-hmm. Adam, not as yeah. Adam pretending to be Anthony. And she sits on the couch and he's crying and he says he's sorry. Yes. And then he is acting like he wants to leave. But she says no. I want you to stay is the way that you've actually kind of made me think about the fact that they could have gotten a divorce with the way this movie plays out and then definitely giving new context to that voicemail from the mother. I'm almost curious if that actually puts that particular sex scene before the actual intro or sometime after where it's almost like we're seeing Adam come back and be at the house when he's not supposed to. And even though they should be separated or whatever, it's almost like a relapse sex because Uh I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's weird because you're seeing this thing of where, like, if you put, if you reconcile Anthony and Adam and you think about when that actually happens, this leads into the death of Anthony. And then within the way the movie plays this out, we see Anthony die, and then we see all this stuff happen with Adam and Helen. And the, the reason I'm kind of thinking this through is it's almost like helen wants him to stay because he's not it's he is the man that she originally fell for it's kind of like what i'm picking into it now so it was just like a relapse like or even not a relapse it was just kind of like a comeback into it but of course the penultimate scene stirs
1: so many questions go ahead i got some so i got some points here Please enlighten me. This is my lesser point, but more of like it's there. Is there's a book on the shelf that's pretty prominently displayed called uh, "History in Reverse." Mm. But then, secondly, Adam Adam says one quote that I think is very important to understanding this movie. It was I don't remember who the leaders were. I think it was Stalin and one other guy, or it was whatever. But it was basically he eventually
0: says Marx, and he says having it happen once is a tragedy. Yep. Second time is a farce yeah
1: so that's my that's why I think we're seeing the beginning of the movie acts as both a prologue and an epilogue because it's history repeating himself so think about how this movie ends right and this is why i I guess we don't have to go into the spiders, but it'll it kind of makes my point here is where we see the beginning of the movie and we can take that as the first time he cheats on his wife and that's history starting right mm-hmm. and then the ending of the movie he gets the key to go back history repeats himself again and he's back at the club right so that's the that's my point is it's a prologue and an epilogue because it's why I think this movie happens where the beginning of the movie is the end but the the beginning of the movie of him in his apartment is the ending right of after a divorce but the sex scene can work as either way is that is because of that right that's the whole thing and i think that's why spiders represent women but it represents his problems with women
0: okay i'm glad you said that (laughs) and his problems with adultery okay so before we go in there blake yeah and this is i'm gonna run by all of you because it, it does kind of go into these things but Chris I think may have something that he views upon a second watching that changes the way that we viewed this but my initial feeling about the death scene between Anthony and and even Mary and the way this all goes down is that it's whenever I was watching it and I was seeing these things kind of come together and the way they were cutting between the two and, like, the intimacy that was being offered between Helen and Adam and the Ill- legitimate exact opposite of that between Mary and Anthony. The fucking versus
1: the making love?
0: <laughs> well, not even that. Because, like, you know, uh, the the making love, if you want to call it that, between Helen and Adam doesn't even happen until after the death of Anthony uh, whenever the car wrecks. And we well, you, presume exactly. that he's dead and Mary's dead. So when I was initially kind of watching that, my idea was, like, This is him coming to terms with the fact that Anthony is in many ways himself and kind of, you know, bringing himself back together. And I viewed it as kind of like a, even within his own mind, right? It was like the death didn't really happen because it couldn't have, right? Because it would, if it was actually him, it would kill him. And that's why I, I think that this is more of a mental fabrication. Right. Even if the actual affair with Mary was real at some point. But I viewed it as, adam's psyche or adam killing off the anthony part of his psyche yes and being representative of that and his ability to let that go so he can come back and reconcile with his wife but also the death of mary representing the end of the affair
1: yes and then his wife becoming the spider and his look of not fear right is it it, it, you know his look is more
2: here we go again
0: okay but before we get there i know i keep trying to pull us back from that but blake I think I heard you say something.
2: I think so, he did die in the car wreck, right? Definitely so not. The morning, so you, okay. so
0: you think Adam died in the car wreck?
2: Yeah. So the morning after they have sex or whatever, and like he's walking through right before she turns into a spider or whatever, he's walking through the house like rubbing his mouth or whatever, and then she's in the bathroom brushing her hair, and she doesn't acknowledge him. He doesn't acknowledge her, and he she just kind of walks right past him without even looking at him. And into the bedroom, and then that's when he turns around to go back to her. Mm-hmm. It was almost like he wasn't there, right? Because yeah. you know, So Brett, like, if you're in the bathroom and like your wife walks or walks by the door, like you would look at her. I think like if you see movement or something, you know, or if you're like walking out of the bathroom and she's there, you'd like look over at her or maybe even say something. Yeah, like yeah, I don't I know, like I just feel,
0: feel I, I get what you're saying. I like felt weird. cold and disconnected. And then her yeah. not responding to him whenever he was calling for her.
2: Yeah, it felt like he wasn't there really. Like, I don't know. Or maybe she, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it because it's all fucking weird. Like, she turns into a spider. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, so okay. I think death was real. And I think that that morning that he wasn't actually there. Okay. Interesting viewpoint on it. I want to watch it again and kind of see because I do agree
0: with you in the sense that it does feel oddly cold for them to have. At least as the movie presents it to us, the previous night before had like a passion toward each other.
2: Right. And especially if it was like a reconciling, you know, if it was like the first time they've had sex in like six months.
0: Yeah. Which may, which may speak more even to, uh, to Chris's point of time not being linear at all in this movie. And sure. rather, which I guess actually, Chris, before I go, before I mispaint your argument, sure. is your argument that time is linear but in reverse? Or is your argument that time's not linear at all, and that we're seeing different things happening at different points in this movie, and there's not necessarily a through line of time that is chronological with what we see in the movie, whether in front or reverse, forwards or reverse?
1: Um, I think the movie happens. I just in chronological order. I just think it. It's complicated because I think it also wraps around itself, right? but i think the movie happens in order i just think it it's him dealing with it's it's him trying to get over the adulterous part of himself that's the whole movie that's why mm-hmm. that's why andrew dies a- adam is objectively at least in my opinion i don't i guess it's a movie it's not objective but adam has to be the real one because the movie ends with him or the movie starts with him outside in a different situation from what happened which is my that's kind of why i keep circling back to the spiders i know we don't want to get there yet but i think that's important because that's what leads to him being back there that's what leads to him being divorced that's what leads to the ripped the ripped picture that's what leads to i don't know why you'd want to live like this it leads to all of that you know A- okay. Andrew is the part of himself that goes out and, and cheats. Anthony, yes, sorry, and that's that's why I think when we mentioned the wife being upset about him when he's Andrew is because Andrew is a different person. Anthony, yes, I don't know why I keep saying fucking Andrew. There's no Andrews in this movie, but Anthony is a different person, right? Andrew goes out and goes out running, all this kind of stuff. Andrew likes blueberry, <laughs> you know. <laughs> What do you like? You keep saying, (laughs) I keep saying Andrew. Fuck
0: me. (laughs) You you were like, I don't know why I keep saying Andrew. It's Anthony. By the way, Andrew just (laughs) runs.
1: (laughs) So I'll start my point over, right? I think the reason the wife is so upset when she's in the same room is Anthony. That's my middle fucking name. I should know the (laughs) goddamn (laughs) thing. I default to Anthony, but no, the reason you get what I'm putting down though, right? The reason that she's so upset with Anthony is because he's acting like a different person, and she knows that him being like this is different. So she's worried that he's cheating again. Probably because this is the way he was. He what he didn't feel trapped by his relationship. He was Anthony was free open put together able to do whatever the fuck he wanted where adam isn't that's why he's disheveled and you know all this kind of stuff so that to me is is more of why she's upset with anthony in the beginning right it's because adam is acting like a completely different person around her yeah and see there's two
0: different times where she looks upset in the similar way between the two different people as we're being seen as we're as they're being given to us at least she goes right. and she sits on the bench beside adam mm-hmm. and she looks over and adam looks at her as almost as if she's a stranger exactly yeah. it basically is and she's seeing I, I think what it is is it's almost like it's the movie telling you that the wife's in on the fact that he's not mentally okay 100 because she knows when she comes when she comes back to the house and then she's talking to anthony and she's saying i went to his work today and he's like why would you do that that's dangerous it's almost like she's testing him to see if he's going to be like yeah i know yes uh, uh, yeah it was me I, i've been in a weird place but instead it's like he continues to feed into the fantasy yeah absolutely and she has that moment where she's he's like you shouldn't do that and she goes you know what's ha- what's going on what's happening and she he's like I, I honestly don't know and she says i think you do Mm -hmm. It's like she's trying to push through and be like, you know, be honest with yourself for a minute. You're not okay. Something's going on. Yeah, the more that you give that scene, like, you know, it's easy the first time around to be like, oh, Mm -hmm. well, she's clearly uncomfortable because she's seen a man that looks just like her husband. But she has that look on her face whenever she's – I think you're the one who mentioned it – when she sees – uh, Adam as we know him on the bench. She doesn't give him a look. I think you're the one who said it of not like, "Oh, you look very much like my husband." Did you right. I don't know if you said that or not, but Yeah, yeah. Instead, it's a look of like, "You really are going to sit here and act like you don't know who I am?"
2: Right. It looked it was like she had like a physical discomfort almost, you know. Yeah,
0: like mm-hmm. she like she's looking at the man she loves or at least has loved be so mentally you know, askewed right now that this broken psyche doesn't even respond as if she knows who he is. Yeah. Or she is. Yeah. I think that plays into where, as I kept watching the movie and kind of thinking more about it as we are here, I'm getting to this point where I think that all along she was kind of part of it. And then you have this feeling mm-hmm. at the end where she, when she says, No, I want you to stay, I think it's more of a thing like, you know, this is who you really are. Yeah. I want you to stay this. Be Adam. You know, yeah, yep. here's here's you coming back together, being whole. This is you apologizing. This is you doing things that you've not done as Anthony. Yeah. Uh, that's a big difference. But uh, Chris, uh, did you have something you wanted to say?
1: Yeah, so um, they absolutely have a conversation at the end of the movie. She absolutely addresses him. She says, I meant to tell you your mom called to him after the shower. So it's not a situation of they just ignore each other.
2: Gotcha. So I, I, I forgot that happened, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. See, whenever you were saying it, Go ahead, go ahead.
2: No, I was just, that was it. I was just saying my point was wrong about the morning after. Yeah, and well, I get it, though, because once you started
0: talking about it, I had this feeling of like, I thought he, she said something about his mom calling, but you made me kind of stop and think, like, it must have been when she first walked in the house. Yeah. But, no, Chris is right, because she's taking the shower, she, the radio's on, and now this brings up a lot of questions, because I think there's two things in the movie that further muddy the waters, but I think Chris is probably right in this regard that... Uh, we see the we hear the radio going, and it seems like it's confirming that the crash was real and happened. Yeah, on the but yeah. she turns it down because it says traffic is stopped up because of a crash. But you never hear who the crash is, who it involved, anything. All this is a crash. It's just almost like it's incidental, um, or coincidental, rather. Um, and then we also have the bit with Mary where she suddenly stops fucking Anthony because she realizes it's not adam because of the ring these are both things that are kind of odd but i think in the long run cre- I, I don't know i'm still trying to figure out where the ring it mark comes into two play people but like it's yeah it's not- what i'm saying it, it's like it tries to muddy the waters on purpose
2: yeah which almost also like if it is one person and they do that then it's just it feels like it's like oh we'll just throw this in to make it confusing like you but know why what? because
1: i'm saying no no i i'm saying why does that come off that way because the the thing with me is mary isn't real either so the whole the whole thing with the wedding ring is her realizing that or his subconscious kind of realizing i don't want to be this person anymore so he stops having sex with the person with a representation of an of an affair and then he kills that representation of the affair. Literally, it just kills him in, in, in a crash. So, the ring is a way of... The ring and the ring mark is a way of saying, you're married you can't do this anymore that's why they stop having Mm, sex
0: yeah yeah it's like even though he projects that onto mary being the one given the opportunity to stop it it's also his way to kill off anthony simultaneously because anthony can't stop and be like oh yeah mary that version of his psyche is too broken off and too one-minded to this freedom and openness that the only way to really do it Mm I, th- I think you're right. I mean, I I do agree that Mary is representative of the girl that is mentioned as you're yeah. seeing her again. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the Mary we see in the film is actually any form of reality. I mean, right. like I said, she didn't genuinely die just like Anthony couldn't have genuinely died right. if he is just yeah. a broken piece of Adam's mm-hmm. psyche but
1: well but then think about think about again as I, as I said at the beginning when I was kind of being a dick and correcting Brett over and over again right is the dialogue is very important and what causes that crash you're not a man you're not a man you're not a man he's not real he's not a man and then that's what causes him to die is the, the freak out of him realizing this isn't me basically this isn't a real person this isn't a real representation of me
0: you're just a figment of my imagination. Exactly.
1: Basically. You're not. You're. You know. It's. It's. It's a line where, on first viewing, it's like, oh, it, you know, they're just fighting, but then if you really look into it, you know, watching it again, or whatever it is, it's. You're not a man. You're not real. You know.
2: Yeah, that I mean, kind of thing. Like I said, I really wish I'd been able to see it again. It's one of those the few movies. Like, very rarely do I watch something and, like kind of feel dumb after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it, i mean it it definitely trips you up for a second yeah because like 90 percent of the movie i thought that there was still two guys you know what i mean
0: mm-hmm. yeah and, and, and again i think
2: the movie does a lot to paint
0: it that way but chris used the right word all it's doing is obfuscating all it's trying to do is to make you unsure right it's it's trying to make you unsure unclear make it seem like it's unintelligible. And it's trying to constantly obscure the truth on the top layer and make you look outside and hyper focus on certain things so yeah. that you can dig beneath that surface and figure out what's actually real.
1: Well, even I think the Or movie, not even what's
0: real, but at least what's consistent.
1: I think what's interesting about the movie is it even kind of tells you that it's subconscious, that, that Andrew is subconscious. Because think about. Andrew. Anthony. God damn it. <laughs> that Anthony... I want you to leave that one in. <laughs> that Anthony is subconscious because he's watching the movie, doesn't notice him while he's watching until his subconscious when he's sleeping freaks out and then he notices.
0: Yeah, and it almost makes you wonder, Is the, I think it is, but it's just one of those things where it feels like it's just weird timing. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, this movie is so surreal and dreamlike that it doesn't really matter I, one way or the other but the fact that he has that conversation with a coworker in what's i'm assuming like the faculty break room yeah yeah about movies and that the only movie recommendation that
2: adam gets is a movie that he stars in that is so Ooh. weird because like at first when it first happens you know you have no idea that like it's going to be a like a doppelganger or himself or whatever Yeah. And when he first watches it and it's him in it, and I was just like, Why would this guy recommend it? Why wouldn't he be like, Yo, you were in that movie? (laughs) You know what (laughs) what I mean? Well, and see, there's so many hints about every bit of this because he
0: says you know, it's a local film. It's like, oh, okay. Like you have all these little clues that kind of put to the point that in the long run, when you watch the movie, it's almost like things that happen, like kind of Chris is saying with the even the very intro scene, the movie's designed in such a way that You're going to have realizations about things from far earlier in the movie, based off of information you're given far later in the movie, and not even quite in like a setup payoff kind of way, but almost in a way that's like, um, it's almost like it's uh, like it's what what, spiral elliptical. It's it's almost like it's coming back around, and it's not linear at all, and that's why I think it's so easy to think that the timelines could be going a different way or going one way or meaning something different because it's introducing and paying off things in very different ways. Like Chris saying, opening the movie with that weird scene in that voicemail, that voicemail clearly is not reflective of, of at least anything obvious upon further inspection that we're seeing happen in the movie just yet. Mm -hmm. So the timeline here is almost as, dreamlike and you know potentially all over the place as everything else is um so i think we've talked plenty about that uh unless anybody has anything else they want to add about the whole uh anthony and adam discussion
2: no i think no. It could, i think you know like just to add real quick sorry i said that and then go I ahead something go uh, ahead. i think it has changed my mind like i said you know I just i, I really fucking wanna watch it again. I honestly would not be surprised if
0: I watch it again tomorrow and make my wife watch it with me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if i didn't have so much near automata to play i'd be way more likely i 'm still probably gonna do it, but yeah okay we'll
1: all play. watch it again and we'll reconvene i'll add an epilogue to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> okay <classic> plus so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For only $25,000, you can get a, another extra <coughs> episode of the oh, week
0: no. So, I'm going to give you both kind of two things. We can move into talking about the spiders finally. No. Or we can take a brief moment to mention a couple of things from some of the listeners that were over. Uh, one being a notable person in Saul. Do you want to do comments and whatnot That's now? Good. Or do you want to save it for the very end? I'll, I'll get both of you guys idea. The spiders are the big mystery, so saving it for the end kind of seems fun.
2: Yeah, yeah we'll just do that. I don't have to say about the spiders because I don't know what the fuck that was
0: about. So <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna talk more about it. So um okay. So before we get into the spiders, the big final mystery slash uh potentially Splitting viewpoint for the movie from any given person, as it's very up for interpretation. Uh, we we posted over on the Discord, which you can join by clicking down the link below. But whether you're listening on any podcast service, you can click down find it. Uh, we asked and mentioned that we were watching Enemy today, and Triangle Squared Saul, who is actually saw bridges my co-host on our weekly gaming podcast triangle squared a playstation podcast go check it out chris joins me on a sub show Mm. of that called spoiler chats that we're doing soon um he says that movie nearly made me shart myself (laughs) (laughs) and i made him know that we will clearly be reading that (laughs) off tonight so he doesn't want to go because of course this is an open discussion channel. He said he didn't want to go into spoiling what it was about in case other people haven't seen it. But basically he gave the movie very high uh, you know, accolades. He says he really enjoyed it despite what others say. Which is also interesting. I don't know who I, I've never I've not seen anyone talk about this movie really. So I don't know if there's like just like prisoners, there's a subsection of the internet that just hates it.
2: I've only seen positive things about this on like quote unquote film Twitter and like letterbox and stuff like it's pretty high reviews on Letterboxd, like anywhere from like three and a half up, which is pretty decent yeah okay and then uh, b rog eighty
0: <laughs> eight he comes through after watching the movie when we announced it he said he's going to watch it while we were going, and he finished it before we started recording, and his one remark was. What the actual fuck?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: just finished it. Just so a, if uh, if anything Blake, I think this should make you feel good in the fact that it is clear that you are far from the only person who's like,
2: what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> well, like I, I watched way too many movies and like I never feel dumb after watching them, right? Like there are very yeah. few where I'm like I don't know what happened like at all and this is one of them. Like it just I don't know. I don't know if it's because I was also looking down to take notes. And, like, I didn't take a whole lot of notes. I only had, like, maybe six. But with a movie like this, like, that's enough time to, like, lose grasp on what's happening.
0: Oh, it is. Uh, and honestly, I have uh, four notes. I just, so much of the movie was just being, like, implanted in my head because of the way I chose to start watching it after I was, like, something's not
2: right here. <laughs> yeah. Well, but it starts out with, like, a woman masturbating in front of 20 men, you know it's going to be a weird fucking movie. Yeah, and then and then
0: somebody like <laughs> yeah. BDSMing a spider. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, you little spider slut. You want that? <laughs>
1: Take it, you dirty little spider.
2: I just so, the appeal of like standing next to like 19 other dudes and watching someone masturbate.
1: Yeah, it's the same with like fucking going to a theater to watch porn. Like I right. need 5 minutes in a sock. I don't need a fucking popcorn and a soda <laughs>
2: <laughs> well they True. were all, like intense about it too and like just stare yeah. like i love uh, the smoking uh, cigarettes again, we don't nodding. know we don't know where the spider comes
0: into play here maybe all of the sexual acts are in like you know maybe it's a fetish maybe the reason they were so intently into it's because all of the sexual acts included a spider should have
2: brought that fat, uh not fat pregnant bitch in there <laughs> wow
0: <laughs> so From there, thank you guys for having uh, blanket statements about how fucking weird this movie is because it's honestly true. But we can get into the fun part of the movie. And that's kind of giving our thoughts on what the spiders are. Now, Blake, I'm starting you with this one. And I know that you've already said that you don't fucking know. But I want you to take a second, dig deep within your soul. Yeah. And give me your most gut immediate thing it doesn't matter how simple, how stupid you think it may sound. What is your gut thing of what you think the spiders might represent? You can't really be I think wrong. The spiders,
2: I think the spiders represent his life unraveling. Like the web that is his life is like falling apart. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I made it up on the spot. So we'll see.
0: <laughs> like I said, I have no well, fucking you know the weirdest thing about it is that the spiders are in the movie and there's a couple of scenes that show this almost spider web like design like you know when he's going to cable, cable cards and stuff and you're seeing all these cables come together in a very yeah. spider web like sense The window
2: yeah yeah and you see so what? you definitely have these types of things so you come. see kind of less of that at the end so maybe it's like like i said his life is unraveling Although okay. kind of, I guess depending on how you look at it, it's like going back, so it might be like creating. You know what I mean? Arguably, you see significantly more of it at the end.
0: <laughs>
2: like an entire
1: Probably. room full of it. Yeah. yeah. I'd be
0: fair. Even that entire room full is only the second largest spider in that movie and scale to everything else.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I meant the web <laughs> imagery, not the spiders themselves. No, for sure. Yeah. No, certainly. Okay,
0: Chris.
1: <clears throat> yes, sir.
0: I have my own thoughts and I'm getting the feeling as we've gone through and you've brushed up loosely against the spiders that we partially at least intersect on what we think they could represent. Yeah, but I think the final like the penultimate thing Mm -hmm. as to what we think they're actually about regardless of all the other things that build into it. I think we might differ a little bit there. So wow me tell me what you think about it and what you think the spider I mean, honestly, the spiders across the entire movie. I mean, it's not just the one. So I'm gonna count them out for anybody who may have missed them. You have, you have the spider at the very beginning that's mm-hmm. revealed from under the platter. Then you have the lady walking down the hallway where her head is replaced with like an arachnid like head. Almost yep. looks like a it, it, it almost looks like one of the chimera out of the resistance series.
2: <laughs> sure. I would smash. Yeah, yeah. Spider. <laughs> it's fine. Like we can get <laughs> yeah. past that, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's got I mean, a rocking body. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, top half fish and, or bottom half fish? Ooh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so we have the plate, the platter spider. We have the spider face in the hallway, which I still count as a kind of view towards what mm-hmm. the spiders... I think it's a hint, at least, towards what the spiders are supposed to represent. Yep. We see the spider kind of looming and straddling very high over all of... Um, wherever he's at in canada i can't think about toronto Toronto, thank you uh and then we have the final bit where he walks into the room and helen is no longer a beautiful pregnant woman but instead (laughs) a beautiful sexy
1: spider (laughs) yeah you want to fuck that spider got a big old
2: ass
1: (laughs) big old dump truck
0: damn girl i'm an eye guy you got eyes for days bitch (laughs) (laughs) Damn, I love mm-hmm. legs, girl. You got legs for days. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's, before we even get there, because I, it's something I want to – I'm curious if you're going to brush against too. <laughs> then, I'll, then I'll give you free reigns. The final bit about her, him walking in on her and seeing the spider mm-hmm. is that the spider draws up in the corner almost as like scared. it's hiding itself or it's scared or something, like a retreat mechanism of some form. That's what they mm-hmm. always say
2: spiders are like more scared of you than you are of them
0: yeah but you know when we see this movie kind of go through and more often than not we're seeing adam as we're seeing him kind of be the one who's more scared to do anything and then we finally see what i think looks to be like you know when Adam's broken down and crying we have adam mm-hmm killing off Anthony but I think by the time the next day rolls around I think we're seeing a little bit more of Anthony's traits come into Adam and there's almost yep. this look of like them two being together it's like it's it's almost like you're meeting in the middle the postures more a little bit in the middle the clothes are kind of what they are and he's acting you know more nice and respectful towards her but he's also got this like underpinning thing of like oh he's a little bit of like conniving going on here with them opening up this key and talking about going out then we see the spider in this retreat Chris what are the spiders to you and specifically what do you think the final spider
1: means Um, I think they're different representations of women in his life I think that's the whole thing I don't necessarily have a good theory on the beginning spider honestly unless he just sees you it's because of that spider that fetish I guess it's just gross but I don't think it's actually. I mean, I don't know why the spider
0: comes in. If your fetish is watching someone step on a spider, it, it's. I don't know that that's. That house, man, I guess it is gross. <laughs> I mean, there are people that like to watch people like step on watermelons and stuff.
1: Yeah, Fe- there are
0: dudes that like to be stepped on.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's another thing is that could just be, the representative the representation of the woman he had the affair with being stepped on, for the fetish purpose, you know.
2: Sure. It, it, Who knows? You,
1: you want to go along with my thing, but even so, think about right the conversation with his mom is. You could look at it as her trying to control him, right? Sure. If you want to look at it that way, and then think about when we see that giant spider sitting over Toronto mm-hmm. after the conversation with his mother. Yep. Um, and I think the reason that Helen turns into a spider. Is because it's him going back into that spider web, right? Of the adultery and the cheating, because it's after he opens up, finds the key, and says, I think I'm going to go out tonight, implying that he's going to go back to his old habits. Mm. That is why we see the spider go up in fear, because it's Helen knowing that he's going back to what he was. Yeah. That. The little bit of respite they had from his adultery and from, and God damn it, um, from Anthony, (laughs) (laughs) fuck me. I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The little respite they had from Anthony is over and he's about to fall back into that and he can't stop eating basically which is another thing as mom says like we, you you know that you have enough trouble with women you shouldn't be meeting unknown men in hotel rooms right <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> so there you go i mean that's so, hey, solid advice for everyone listening to this podcast don't go meet strange men in hotel rooms
2: that's the only place i like to meet strange men well
0: use more protection to then.
2: <laughs> i'm not telling you how to live your life but the
0: chances of something bad happening to you by meeting a strange man that you don't know in a hotel room because he called you and said he was your fan and that he looks just like you. <laughs> I don't know. Dude. Something doesn't line up. <laughs> Ew, dude. So Chris. Yes. Does that cap off your view on the spiders?
1: For the most part. I think we can go further into it after you speak. But okay. it, it just in, in summary, I think... The spiders are different representations of women
0: yeah you know i i so where we kind of agree is i do agree that they all come into some degree with either representations of specific women or the way he views women uh, <coughs> one other one other thing i noticed um and it's kind of weird as we've been talking more and more has come up like you know my original idea which is what i'm still going to go off of uh doesn't really didn't think about the fact that helen withdraws into the corner but as yeah. we were talking i was like but that's what she does then i started thinking about the fact that the first thing that we see the first spider that we see is a tarantula the second mm-hmm. spider we see is like a half-human arachnoid you know face weird thing yeah but it's and then the third spider we see is not a tarantula its, its legs are far longer and yeah, then the helen overfield monster yeah more more so than anything and then if i'm not mistaken the way that we see helen i don't think she's a tarantula either either it's almost as if she's like a um no she is a tarantula She is
1: yeah okay
0: interesting okay yeah i had to go look at a picture real quick just to double check but i mean i would definitely say the one that if i mean i Think that there's something to be said there about the fact that it, it does come directly after the conversation with the mother, and you could say maybe it is a tarantula in terms of body, but those legs are clearly not. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, but across all of this, and I'm going to stick with it, be- just because it offers a different viewpoint. I think another watch may change some of these, and some of your arguments, I think, are actually pretty are very strong, and I think that they make sense. uh yeah. but My initial my initial idea is whenever I kind of finished it was that the spider that we see at the very beginning uh, is kind of beside all this sexual activity and this stuff going on. And then what we end up kind of seeing as things move on, it's, it's I think it's like the spider at the beginning is almost representative of the spider is a mental picture, a, a mental tie to that place and his unfaithfulness. So, very kind of in line with what you were talking about where the spider really is more there because it's it ties all of his sexual feelings and thoughts towards women right or really i should say that all of his thoughts towards women for the most part do have a sexual nature to them the mother one's interesting because i don't think it's necessarily a sexual nature one i do think that you're falling into something with the aspect of control coming back around but the way my initial gut feeling about the very end spider and of course it was somewhat bummed off of the first spider and the fact that the second spider he sees is like a topless woman walking. Yep. Is
2: and she was bottomless too.
0: Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but <laughs> tying together the whole end scene, and I think it's why my brain went here. We see Adam, you know, break down and get down to his, his bare form and apologize. And it seems like it's him apologizing for what he's finally aware of. It's him coming together and knowing but there's almost this feeling with the way that it's set up that once he has sex with Helen who brings it on to him she comes on to him mm-hmm. even though as the movie tells it to us she basically knows that it's not who the movie has showed us is her husband and once he has sex with her it's pretty much over it's like yep. it's i i I guess I get this feeling that the spider's linked to his feeling of women being sexual objects. Yes. And he, and that, of course, like you said, Chris, ties into this feeling of his his adultery problems. And it, it's all representative of that. And I think it's... I got the vibe that it was somewhat because Helen, in, in a sense, was unfaithful with Anthony toward Adam. Doesn't matter that they're the same person. When you split the psyches up, it's almost like it was more Adam seeing himself in that and it's spoiling who adam saw was more like a, a pure woman like you know when we see adam sitting on the bench with her and looking over it's like he's very nice like oh how far along are you oh that's that's so nice that's that's awesome you know you never know how your day's gonna go up it's like he's very pleasant and then whenever he's with her in the house when he's there while anthony's out gallivanting around with mary he's very calm and sweet and it's almost like he looks at her in a more traditional relationship sense of like oh she's a loving being but as we see Anthony kind of collide back into Adam and we also see Helen in some form basically be unfaithful for how the movie set us up that was my initial gut feeling I have a feeling that rewatches will definitely change that but it was an interesting gut feeling to arrive to
1: oh while i agree with you on the spiders as sex objects i still think it's more control than sex because he is controlled by sex Ooh! so
0: ties it all together yeah
1: yeah, yeah. the women are spiders but his mother is also represented by a spider in that scene because, because she exerts the, the most control over him even if it's not of
0: a sexual nature yes
1: that's why he's a she's the towering spider Hmm. you know
0: yeah yeah I, I mean i gotta tell you i'm really excited to hear ratings on this movie even though i think that this is a movie that might get rated higher yeah <laughs> uh or maybe maybe lower though i really think higher i feel like this is a movie that a second watch through only like you said chris only furthers your thoughts about the movie
1: yeah definitely so um as if
0: there's anything else anyone wants to add, I mean, we could kind of go over cool scenes. I do think the movie shot incredibly well. And I think is, its use of color palettes across the two different personalities is very interesting. Um, but I, I, I'll open the floor to that because there there's actually oh, one I want to talk about too, but I'll save mine for last. Blake, you're normally the scene man. Yeah. So I need you to come here
2: and finally talk <laughs> for once in this episode. I'm oh, kidding. Super disappointed. I don't really have any scenes that really stood out to me. Like the the first scene of the movie was like, "Whoa!" because I didn't expect it at all. Sure. Because the other three movies that I've watched from him don't really have any sexual content at all. Yeah. I don't yeah, think yeah. Prisoners had anything? No, not really. I'm not outwardly anyway. Yeah, like I mean, hinted of Implications at me, though, for whatever. sure. Like of. Like a couple like kissing or whatever, like alluding to sex, sure but the parents
1: had kids, so they definitely had sex. Maybe.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but no, um yeah, like there's not really anything that really stands out to me. The color yellow was very prominent. This was Yeah, like, it had a very sepia tone
0: and more prominently when you were seeing Adam.
2: Which yep. I feel like felt
0: right with what we were seeing Adam go through.
2: Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was very like I don't know, it stood out to me and it made me think of the ring a lot because the ring is a very green movie. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. watched it recently, but my god, that movie's fucking green. I almost imagine it's
0: probably more green when you watch it on a more modern way because that's also something that happened with the Matrix. Oh, really? The original movie was not nearly as green as the remasters are, and I think it's something about trying to take that old original footage and continue to enhance it. I think that based off of the way it was originally shot, something about moving it up just worsens that aspect of it. Maybe. I don't know. So I wouldn't be surprised if the ring is actually more green now. I, th- I think the movie was always intended to have a green hue, but I think it probably looks green as shit now on modern
2: TVs yeah. with
0: all the stuff that goes into it. I you watched
2: know? it recently. Also, the best PG-13 horror movie ever made, I think. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but I can't think of a better one.
0: Mm, I don't know. Great movie. I mean, I, from the last time I did see it. But – um <laughs> holds up so there was no like there was nothing about the certain framings of certain things that you really enjoyed i mean i think no, I mean,
2: it was shot beautifully i there it was a yeah. scene that i thought was like oh that was a little off looking or something like i don't know like i, I like the movie but it's just nothing really stands out to me like as a scene i guess i don't know interesting
0: there was a couple of parts where like the movie had this um hallway like feel that gave me vibes from irreversible And I don't know if that necessarily is on purpose. If it's if irreversible, I mean, I I know that when you look up irreversible, it was like an impactful film in the way that people think about movies and make movies. And (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised to see people referencing back to some of the like some of the strongest scenes in that movie. Um, So uh, there was a you know when he's walking down the hall in that kind of fever like dream. And he sees the arachnid woman coming and she's upside down. And it's kind of, she's walking towards the camera, but it's also moving towards her. And it kind of creates this weird sucking in parallax effect. And everything's flipped upside down. I don't know. It just gave me uh, some unshakable vibe of like, I feel like I'm watching Irreversible right now. <laughs> uh-huh. And then it was gone. But I thought that was really interesting. And there's a lot of parts, uh, too, where in that scene, right, when he's walking down the hallway, I was trying to focus on who I felt like it was at that point and him seeing the spider and seeing the thing I'm feeling like that was more Anthony but I couldn't tell for sure and then we see kind of a mirrored scene where it's Adam walking down the hall behind the girl or actually no it's not it's Anthony walking down the hall isn't it
2: mm-hmm.
0: who he's walking down the hall with behind the girl who's got the little short skirt or whatever on (laughs) and she has the key in her hand to the room it's a very close scene to the hallway scene with the arachnid face either way yeah yeah I think the movie did a lot with dollying that was very smooth it's like every kind of thing was interesting there and then they also had this thing where a lot of the times it would have these kind of claustrophobic which I think bounces back to Chris's thing about control where a lot of the scenes specifically with Adam too were about being in confined spaces and little Mm -hmm. areas and seeing him like, even as he walks into his mother's house, it's like a, the way it's framed, regardless of how big it actually is, makes it look like it's a tiny rectangle. That's just a long hallway.
1: Yep. Even just, can I interrupt you for a second? Because absolutely we didn't talk about this, but even the woman, it kind of goes to my point of his obsession with sex is that the naked woman was a temptation for him and she had, the spider head but Mm. she didn't wasn't going to stop for him or anything so it was one of those like kind of when you check out a woman on the sidewalk and you're like yeah i'd fuck her you know it was that (laughs) kind of thing where she exerted (laughs) that little bit of control but not enough to be fully spiderized right
0: Ooh, yeah the control over him yeah i got you Yeah. yeah man i'm telling you there's so many layers to this movie and i feel like tomorrow while I'm at work, I'm just going to be thinking of more stuff popping up that I'm like, but wait a minute. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: but it's just kind of cool. Uh, one of the shots I thought was really cool from a framing perspective, just because I liked the way that the movie chose to introduce it. Um, it's it's real simple. I just still liked it. So I wrote it down as one of my first notes, actually. Um, the framing of when they first introduced Daniel and uh, slash Anthony, because I thought it was weird that Daniel was the name yeah <laughs> that and then Anthony was like his stage name that he did it under, or whatever um or maybe it was the reverse of that, maybe it Daniel St. Clair is what he went under, but regardless whenever it shows him and they're talking back and forth, and at the end of all that and all the infidelity talk, and you're seeing her again, and then he walks out of the door to go on the walk, then the camera pans out, and suddenly you see that Helen's pregnant, yeah i liked that it was like you have this conversation it's like no relationship wants infidelity involved but there's a lot more weight to infidelity when there's a child involved between the two people that are having this issue and i thought that was a nice little thing in a movie that's so crazy i was like oh that's just a cool thing that you'd expect to see in a lot of movies but it was nicely done right um uh, because I was looking at my notes and the way I put Adam was very odd because I just decided to put it in <laughs> in quotes but uh, because I guess I was trying to denote to myself which one it was. Um, did anyone else find it interesting, at least, that the way I viewed the movie is that – and I think Chris is in agreement and I think now Blake is in agreement – that Anthony is a creation from Adam – Yes. We all kind of agree on that, right?
2: I think so, yeah. I'll have to okay. watch it to fully come around, but Chris has pretty much like gotten me there, yeah. Okay. So I thought this was a cool
0: thing, and it's interesting that I don't really see a lot of other religious stuff in this movie, so I, I don't know if this was just happenstance, but do you notice that whenever he pulls up his scar, or he pulls up his shirt to reveal his scar,
2: mm-hmm.
0: he's like, you know, do you have the scar right here? And it's right at his ribcage, and his name is Adam, and in the story of Adam and Eve, Eve is created from the rib of Adam.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we're looking at Anthony, who is this sub-creation of Adam. And we see this connection of this damage here. I just kind of thought, oh, is this kind of like alluding to the fact that Anthony is essentially, like, not r- literally, but, you know, it's it's alluding to the creation of him from the rib, just from where that is at. I never would have thought of that, but yes. <laughs> Small thing. It's just yeah. what I felt. Yeah, I mean, and th- that's the only other note I have <laughs> that we hadn't touched <laughs> on yet. Yeah, yeah. good thing. I
2: yeah. never I never would have thought of that either.
0: Yeah. I, I, it's just, and it, the thing is, is it realistically could be nothing, but I don't think it is because tying back to what Chris was talking about, how the sexual tones of this movie, uh, it, when you think about the original idea behind Adam and Eve and how they go on to basically lose favor of god the punishment that they have is that they're aware of themselves and sex and sin comes all part of this and it's like you know the original idea between adam and eve is that they they didn't have to be covered because they didn't have impure thoughts of each other because they were perfect but when she took and bit of the of forbidden fruit suddenly their punishment was that they had to live And view the world in a a human, as we call it now, a human way. And part of what came with that was the feeling of needing to cover themselves up because of the shame that came with the act of sex. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you tie in the sexual parts of Adam and Eve into this, I think it, it really does make sense into tying further into the idea of sex addiction. And the shame that can come with that, definitely when you think about you know the way his mother talks to kind of down to him about it, and clearly how we see that that's the issue that Anthony has so odd little thing but i'd be almost curious to look up and see if there's any interview from the director that discusses that particular choice Uh, i'd also be interested to see if there's a a interview specifically talking about the spider but i feel like that'd be something he wouldn't want to talk about like i think he Um, would leave
1: that open i just read a trivia about it they had to sign ndas to never talk about it
0: really so it's like the people themselves know what he originally meant for it but everyone else kind of and all the viewers are left to just be like well this is what i took away from it yeah that's cool actually that's really cool let's and of- i'm sure that small cast is probably excited to do that like yeah that's cool keeps a mystery
2: yeah definitely go ahead blake what's really weird too is that on voodoo the last like 15 minutes of the movie is interviews is it? Did y'all watch on Voodoo? Uh yeah, but so I just turned
0: it off when the credits started.
2: No, if you pause it, there's like sixteen minutes left. So I watched all the way through the fucking credits thinking there's gonna be like some crazy scene. And then they just start having interviews. Like it's Is it like different. the whole cast? No, it's Jake and uh Denis.
0: Okay, so the director and the lead
2: actor. Yeah. Well, to be fair, the majority of the movie is Jake, <laughs> so yeah. that makes sense. I just thought it was weird because usually that stuff is like thrown into the special features or extras area, and you like have to go to it. But well, the- I saw somebody.
0: Um, I saw somebody mention that the Amazon Prime version has that, but I guess yes. I just saw that if I watched it on Amazon, that would have been there. I wonder if it's it does
1: like, have it on Amazon. Right? I just
2: I just didn't care to watch it. Yeah, I didn't watch it either. Interesting. Because I got all the way through the credits and they just started interviewing. And I was like, what the fuck, man? I just watched like six minutes of credits.
1: <laughs> Poor you. <laughs> you do have a fast forward button on your remote, you know. It's the one that's to the right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. We've talked enough about the movie. Yes. Now is the time to put our pen to paper, put our mouse behind what we think here And it's time to rate this sun gun. Um, I'm going to go ahead and keep with my original rotation. Chris, what do we give this movie?
1: Five. I gave it a four after my first watch, but definitely a five. I'm proud of you. I want to watch it a third time. Like I might go upstairs and make my dad watch it with me. So, (laughs) Hey, Dad. Watch
0: this movie about a guy fucking spiders. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
1: Spider-Man.
0: Spider-Man. You and me both being single watches, and I think me being a little more eagle-eyed through my first watch, I'm curious to see where you land. Uh, And whatever you give it, depending on what it is, do you think a rewatch could change that in any way?
2: So I think a rewatch would bring it up because there's nothing I didn't like about the movie, right? Mm. So, I mean, I don't know. I gave it a three and a half. Right after watching it, but I'm leaning more towards like four, maybe four and a half. But okay, I just want to wait for that second watch to move it, so I'm going to stick with my three and a half. I think that that's fair.
0: I mean, because even Chris saying that he was going to give it a four and then bumped it up after a rewatch, yeah. Um, as we've talked about it with Chris, it's like it's further pushed my resolve that it's a. I mean, I when I finished watching, I was like. I'm a I'm not necessarily that I'm confused, but there was a lot of information there. Yeah. And I'm just trying to trying to parse through it. And like you said, it kind of does make you feel I don't know if I'd say I felt dumb, but it, I did feel strange. Like I was like, "What? Oh, wait, wait, wait." Well, And it kind of – I had to start piecing these things. Like I literally – after I turned it off, I just like backed out because I was watching on an Xbox. I backed out, went to the home screen, and I just kind of sat there for five minutes before my wife finally walked in and was like, are you done with the movie? And I was like, hmm. I was like reflecting in my mind on what I wanted to talk about throughout this episode. And the more I think about the movie, the more it pushes me into being like, man, that was really a great movie and it's got a bunch of layers and it really forces the viewer to watch and pay attention and then it rewards rewatches because it's just dense enough that there are things to find that make it even better on a a sequential watch but there's enough there to make your initial watch fun. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think I'm gonna land. I, I, I was going in with a four and a half when we first started recording. Mm-hmm. I do want to rewatch it, and I think a rewatch will absolutely one hundred percent steal it, but I'm still going to go ahead and go out on the limb and say i'm going to give it a five out of five bam Jake it's, it's denise yeah, you're welcome I'm telling you, man, and the thing <laughs>
2: is is that this is uh two for two right now for them <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um, i don't know that I would give it a five out of five, so like and like I said I don't know what i'd don't absolutely love about it, but coming off of it, I was just like, I don't know if I love this or don't like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And talking about yeah. it, talking about it over the last what day and a half day or whatever, I like it. Yeah. So I think I do like it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but you I, don't know if you love it, right? So I think I'm. I don't know. With the rewatch, I'll I'll definitely consider moving it. But as of right now, it's my least favorite of De La New View. Denis Villeneuve, whatever the fuck his name is, it's my least favorite out of his movies.
0: Interesting. As I've said, my goal is to continue watching more of his movies. Arrival is the next one I need to watch. Yeah, very good. And be curious to see where it makes me feel, because this is all about this is all about making me feel like that he can do justice to Dune and I felt good about it already I think he's a great director from what I've seen but I actually think how odd this movie is gives me hope that he can stick with some of the more unique (laughs) elements of Dune and do them an, an actual service where I think there's a number of other directors who would try and find a way to smooth them over yeah So that's cool. I'm really excited to watch more of his work and see if he's willing to keep with out of the park things and let them kind of come together in an interesting way. And I think my final word about the movie is just I often appreciate when a movie makes me feel like it challenges me while I'm watching it to do something. It makes it feel like less of a passive experience and more of a like I have to be involved with this movie because the movie asked me to be involved with it.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: So, I mean, and that's cool. It's I don't feel like that happens all the time. But when those movies do happen, I really like it. And it kind of gives you that, oh, now we're suddenly playing I spy in the middle of a movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, okay, I think we're rolling up on it being Blake's week.
2: Yeah. To choose a movie. So, Blake, <clears throat> what you got for us? All right. <laughs> so we are going to watch Upgrade.
0: Upgrade? Yeah. I know I I know I've never seen this, but I'm ninety nine percent sure I know what you're talking
2: about. So it's from twenty eighteen, directed by Leigh Winnell. I don't know if I'm pronouncing mm-hmm. that right, I apologize. Maybe Lee. Lee Winnell. Lee Winnell. But um and he did the Invisible Man, which was really good. Uh-huh. But <laughs> this movie is like Okay, so Cyberpunk came out recently. It's kind of like that. It's a very futuristic.
1: It's broken.
2: Yeah, th- <laughs> this movie craft is like once. Per <laughs>
0: <hour>. <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine a movie crashing?
1: That I, it would be funny if it just restarted your DVD player every once in a while.
0: <laughs> I would honestly laugh, but in the same breath, I would probably fucking throw whatever device it happened <laughs> on out of the window.
2: So. Real quick, I watched this movie like a month ago maybe, maybe less, and I've been dying to rewatch it, but I wanted to watch it like not literally with you guys, but like to talk with you guys about it uh-huh. because it's fucking incredible. It's one of the best movies I've seen in a while. Interesting. So I'm excited well, about it. I'm certainly
0: ready and willing. And the basic idea of what it's about, because I do remember seeing the original trailer and having it kind of be like a cybernetic man. I wouldn't even say if I'd say that, but there's definitely some weird stuff um, involved. So yeah, you know, it'd be cool to come back and visit and see. Because I think there's other movies that have brushed against ideas like this, but it'd be cool to actually see one through this lens. I mean, I think that... I'm a big fan of cyberpunk and just putting stuff in a future that's not too futuristic. It's almost futuristic in a way that feels familiar. That's cool.
2: Yeah, it's like that. It's not like futuristic like iRobot. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. But it's really good, so I'm excited about that. I'm watching the trailer again right now and it's reminding
0: the way that it looks is, first of all, He reminds me of Eddie Brock a little bit. So, or rather Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock. And then I'm sitting there watching this, like, this reminds me of all the Venom scenes where Venom is controlling him in the trailer. And he's just like, I don't want to hurt you, but I just hurt you. (laughs) Go watch the trailer if you have it. And then watch the Venom trailer and tell me I'm wrong.
2: Unfortunately, it's not streaming anywhere, but it's available for rent or purchase, like anywhere pretty much. So you're going to break out the wallet to watch
0: this one, bad boys
2: that's what it looks like unless my just watch app is like not telling me some places that it's streaming for some reason or and
0: if so then fuck you just watch otherwise okay. please sponsor this show <laughs> 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 okay well guys thank you so much for joining me uh unless you have something that you don't want to finalize this off with i think i'm gonna round this bad boy out what do you think do it shut it down shut it down all right guys thank you so much for joining us i hope you enjoyed the movie uh, i always like to pick a movie and then feel like i chose something good for the audience so i'm glad that that's happened at least in my opinion i would hope that everyone at least had a time that they thought was enjoyable and <laughs> not like blake being like i don't know if i like this movie
2: <laughs> well, I liked it. i don't know if i loved it
0: like a fair question I to be honest it's a fair question when it ends if you're like i don't know if i like that movie give it time
2: yeah you know what i mean and i don't think <laughs> re-watching it would move it down at all like i can't imagine that but i could see it yeah. going up or staying the same like i don't know yeah
0: Alright guys, well you can find Blake and his odd opinions over on Twitter at Popes underscore Blake underscore two. You can find my man Figs over here and his good opinions <laughs> I'm kidding guys at F-I-G-Z-2-1-K over on Twitter. You can find me uh, I end up just going where Saul does too every now and then on our Twitter for Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast Go find us over there at Triangle S Q R D. If you like games and specifically PlayStation though we do talk about all consoles and i would say fairly i think blake and chris would both back me up on that we're not we're fanboys in that we like playstation but not to a detrimental state (laughs) (laughs) ooh uh yeah you can go find us where every monday uh so do that and then of course you can hear Chris and I talk in a way that's very close to this on our upcoming there's some episodes already up but of our spoiler chat series where we choose a single game and talk about it at length everything from mechanics uh, graphics all that stuff into the main story and talk about it very spoilery like just like this so remember you can go find that we'd like to thank our patrons and if you want to become one you can head over to patreon.com slash nartech and give as little as one dollar a month uh to get early access to some of our triangle squared content as well as early access to this show where you typically get it uh, a friday before it would come out for everyone else so a full five days in advance every now and then i'll just be honest with you that doesn't quite happen but you'll always get it early something will come up (laughs) We all have jobs is the reality here. And we all have lives outside of this. I would love for there to be a day where this is all I have to worry about. But until that day comes, we appreciate you guys for allowing us to make human error. So we will see you guys next time and as a final shout out we like to always thank our patrons at the end of content so my first patron to shout out is mr kyle grimm we also have a new patron this week so shout out to mr mark schultz uh then we have mr josh Jarrell, matthew green my name is dan luke bartolomeo sean sanderud funk turkey danny Villalobos, Corey hickerson blake popes kevin bacon bits eric McAllister, shadowist steven salazar the stonard rich constantly kenny solitary red chris figs zachary sawyer landis rude days 93 brian donovan williams william digital spooker Derek porter josh ayers joshua lago sean one neo tyler powers el chabib jason clendenning and mr richard schaefer again if you want to support the show with more than just your time which i promise we're thankful for head over to patreon.com slash nartech thank you guys